Welcome to the Become Inspired podcast by Life on Time. Hello and welcome to the Become Inspired podcast with me, John Ford. Uh, and today we've got uh, Eleanor on. Um, Eleanor, I think you might need to pronounce your surname to me though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, my name's uh, Eleanor Danjerovich and I'm um, an assistant head teacher at Beaumont School. Cool. And following on from our other podcasts that we've uh, we've been doing, we're just looking at uh, today and over the next few weeks, we're looking at people and teachers and how they've coped during the pandemic, uh, especially looking at teachers that are involved in well-being, mental health, PSHE, because we feel that those are the areas that have been really hit hard over the last, uh, coming up to 12 months now. So really, Eleanor, what we want to find out from you is, you know, how are you going to teaching to start with, really? And then sort of what role you're in and then moving on to sort of how you've uh, managed to cope in the last 12 months. So, yeah, how did you first get into t- uh, teaching? Um, that's a bit of a long story, Jen, I'll be yeah. honest. I, um, I, I didn't start off in teaching. I used to work in the health and fitness industry and worked in marketing and customer service and then... Um, It's all a series of fortunate coincidences in that my mum used to work in the admin office of the of Beaumont School where I went as a kid. And um, yeah, and the head of P at the time was um, concerned because the they hadn't had very good applications for a teacher of girls PE. And my mum happened to be in the office and just said, oh, you know, what a shame. Eleanor would love to do that. She's not a qualified teacher, though. Um, but because as a sixth former, I'd coached in athletics and netball, the head of PE knew my capabilities. And before you know it, I was in the head's <laughs> office interviewing to be a PE teacher in teaching. Um, I remember the lesson was a relay changeover. And as a sprinter, it was it was like a gift. Um, so that was it. And I never. So how back. old were you then? I, I was in my early 20s and um yeah, I cried when they offered me the job because it, it really was my dream job, having been involved in sport all my life and done personal training and fitness and instructing. So, yeah, it's um, it's something I'm really passionate about. Nice. And I mean, I'm, a, I'm into my sport as well. So have you carried that on through sort of, so you're now doing a slightly different role to PE, but I guess mm-hmm. uh, it still plays a big part in what your current role is. Absolutely. I do find, I, I mean, I still personal train when I have um, the odd snippet of time, but I, um, I find when I'm supporting students with their well-being and mental health, I use so many comparisons with sport. I'm able to give advice about their well-being in general because of that experience that I have from being a PE teacher, but also a personal trainer. So, so I get it, you know, and I always say to Uh, parents and carers and colleagues that I work with for me and I'm stealing this phrase from Stephen Tierney where the whole child is the whole point and for me that's what being in education is about it's not just looking at some results on a page it's turning these young people that come through our doors into um, you know well-rounded resilient individuals yeah that's, that's, that's almost like our mission statement when you just read out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how did you go from PE teacher into the role that you're in now? And it'd be good to hear, obviously, what your role is now and how, not how you got into it. Oh, my God. Well, it's another long story. Gosh, <laughs> again, series of fortunate coincidences. So I left PE teaching when I had my second son. 
and um, then uh, made a decision to, uh, two or three years later to go back into to return to teaching and um, PE teaching is a very popular discipline to work in um, and of course you and I both understand that and um, I was struggling to get back in and I was personal training a colleague of mine um, Zoe who still works she works at Beaumont still as well and I said I don't know what I'm going to do and um, because as part of my marketing role in health clubs I was quite accustomed to using IT and you know producing um, promotional material and there was an IT job going at Beaumont so um, I interviewed for that and I was successful and that's where I was able to use my experience from my degree my degree was in sports management so I moved from IT into business teaching and at the same time I managed to secure a head of year role and I basically worked my way up through the pastoral team to assistant head where I am now with the responsibility for student welfare and um, overseeing our disadvantaged students. So those students that qualify for pupil premium, um, our children looked after and post looked after children as well. So that leads <laughs> on nicely to, um, you know, the pandemic, mm. um, schools being open, shut, open, obviously uh, open continually to the, to uh, parents who are key workers, but, how have your school coached and how have you coached, you know, with supporting those students that are struggling? I mean, for me, I look at it and think, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly, fairly well off, you know, middle, middle class and I can cope. But it's, I look at and I hear about, you know, kids that are disadvantaged. They're obviously getting a lot of a hard, harder, harder um, deal. So mm. how have you managed to support them? I think we learned, you know, this time round, you know, we learned so many lessons from the first lockdown, you know, last year. Um, we are a school that has a very strong pastoral reputation and we take a very proactive approach. So we we kind of we've replicated a lot of the successful strategies that we used in the last lockdown. And that was immediately identifying those students that we would be worried about um, going into this you know, that we're in at the moment. So th collectively through the pastoral team, and that's, you know, form tutors, heads of year, myself and our deputy head who oversees the pastoral system at Beaumont, we came up with a list of students that initially would need to be in school because of, you know, perhaps, you know, it, obviously we have our key worker status that we had to um, provide for, but also those students that we knew had struggled at home previously. So they were invited in um, from day one. And it was that proactive approach that really helped that to run successfully. Um, other students that we knew um, would find things tough, in, you know, just generally, but could still, you know, access the work. Or we, um, we have a system in place where they all have a weekly phone call with a member of staff. Um, to just touch base with and, you know, help to resolve any issues that they might be experiencing. Through that, we've identified so many things that we wouldn't have known otherwise. And I think that's always a worry for schools when they welcome their students back is what do we not know in terms of what's happened whilst they've been off school? Yeah. And I think that's that really proactive approach has helped. So, you know, and we use Google Classroom and we were using that before, you know, we've been using that for years. So um, 
we've been able to capitalise on that knowledge of staff, but it's just offering live check-ins, you know, during tutor time on a Thursday morning so kids know they can um, tune into their form tutor and just, you know, chat with their form group, but also, you know, share in an activity. Um, it's, you know, through our assemblies as well, we've um, been able to deliver messages about looking after your mental health and being resilient. You know, myself and one of my colleagues, we did one about just taking a small step. If you're not sure of what to do and how to deal with this uncertainty, just do one small thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just a real collective approach, which is wonderful because I think previously as mental health lead, you people sort of look to me as the the font of all knowledge whereas I've worked really hard to um, disseminate that information to other members across the school so that we all collectively can support our kids sounds like you're really on top of it I mean it's just listening to those things that you've been saying I mean we had a um with a lady uh, Heather from Mexico on last week and um I think they've got strategies out there and she said one of the, I asked her what, what was her best what was the best thing that she'd done to sort of support her children? And she said she created a WhatsApp group. <laughs> oh, wow. With, with, with the class. And she said it was the best thing. So people were checking in with her. And I was, I was thinking, I don't know whether that's allowed in the UK, but um, I don't know, what would, your, what would your sort of top tip, I guess, for any school listening or people in wellbeing that you think that you've, that you've come across, maybe it wasn't your idea, but you've come across that's really helped you? Uh, contact without without question and, and yeah I mean I, the, and the idea of a whatsapp group I was like oh wow um yeah we wouldn't that's not <laughs> something that we would do um at our school but you know the the live check-ins that we do every week with our tutees and their form tutor is so important because every week you can identify who's not logged in and then that then in a, the system that we've got in place there'll be a phone call made home you know, just to say, oh, we noticed that, you know, Freddie didn't tune in to tutor time yesterday. Is everything OK? And, you know, just um, reacting to those students that aren't contacting. And in some weeks, we've even been able to get ahead of that. And we phoned before the tutor time. So we phoned home to say, just so you know, there's a live session tomorrow. So, so yeah. how so so that brings it again nicely on to. One of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is that I feel like there is a lot of pressure on people in your role because obviously the pandemic's brought on more more stress under on well-being. You know, people, every, the teachers are being pushed. You know, every teacher's being pushed to their limits of not only their mm. uh, ability technically. Uh, how have you sort of felt? How, how have you managed to cope in your role with the extra pressure? And how do you do you think it's been a a fair request of you know, what, I know we've all had to do different things. Um, and as teachers, you know, that, that's your responsibility. How do you feel and like, personally around that whole whole uh, area? Gosh, that's, that's, it's really hard. And I think, you know, I'm going to do it again and draw an analogy with sport. I think, you know, we've all, the pastoral team, you know, we've all felt that pressure of supporting um, the students. And when I say pastoral team, I, I mean our whole school really, yeah. because everyone is involved in pastoral care. I think um, it's through, for me personally, I think my sporting mentality has certainly helped me because I feel that I've, you know, I'm accustomed to dealing with pressure and 
um, you know, celebrating the highs and the lows. So that certainly helped me. And I'm going to say things like running and, you know, going running and training certainly helps me to switch my brain off. And we've really encouraged staff to do that as well. So, so do you have a well-being? Yes. Are, you in, are you sort of in charge of looking after the teacher well-being as well then? at the school we all are John we I think you know as a leadership team we all say that we're all responsible for that and we've done several check-ins with staff and one of the questions was how are you looking after yourself at the minute and you know we made it an optional question yeah so you know it and but the things that staff were coming back with was so lovely to hear and um you know they're gardening or you know um, going for a walk or you know playing playing a game with their kids but it was just really lovely to hear that people were consciously taking care of themselves because I think with remote learning it's even you know it's teaching is a difficult profession to switch off from there's no doubt about that whether we're in a lockdown or not but you know when you're doing remote learning you're I think some it's it's it's, you can start to feel that you're available all the time because you're online So where teachers are preparing lessons late into the evening or preparing recordings because they've got young kids at home, you know, they they might check our Google Classroom and see a notification from a student. So we really encouraged um, teachers to look after themselves and just simple things like um, our amazing uh, maths department setting up the virtual staff room. So every day, 11 o'clock, when we usually have break time, there's a Google Meet. And you can just go and have a cup of tea and a chat with everybody that's on there. That's a good and, idea. You know, really lovely things like that. Just I think and... it's about being proactive. And I think by the sounds of it, having somebody who is proactive and having a school, the school leadership being proactive about that, by the sounds of it, has mm-hmm. put, put your school in a good place. Because um, mm-hmm. I, can, I, I can't imagine, unfortunately, that every school is in the position that you're in where you seem to, you know, seem to have this... Um, ability to be able to plan and you know be proactive about stuff so fair play to you I mean I guess (laughs) moving forward looking ahead hopefully things are looking a bit more positive and rosy out there for the next sort of hopefully three to six months it'll be a little bit back to normal what plans do you have like for the future so getting the kids back obviously you've got next couple of weeks getting the testing sorted but hopefully once that um chaos may be passed where do you what what sort of extra support measures are you going to put in or are you looking at kids just getting them back in the classroom and getting them back working yeah I mean that's where that you know I talked earlier about contact and that's one thing that we're you know we've our parents are really good at contacting us as well and we know that on the whole kids and their parents or carers are keen for them to get back into the classroom as soon as possible so, you know, that's going to be our priority. Then, um, you know, there's standard policies, you know, in terms of catch up funding. And we're, you know, we're using that to its full potential to, you know, try and close any gaps that have developed through result of um, remote or lockdown learning. But for us, one of our massive strengths as well is our extracurricular program. And we are just chomping at the bit to get that back up and running, you know, wherever possible, um, as soon as we're allowed to do, um, you know, the arts, anything arts-based, we will, you know, sports-based, we will as well. Um, Because that's, you know, and that's one thing that I really stress to our pastoral team is, you know, in terms of promoting well-being and positive mental health, it's that sense of belonging. 
And we do talk about the Beaumont family and the Beaumont community. They're very much part of our narrative here. Yeah. So it's about getting the kids feeling like they belong. So our house activities, we're planning at the moment to have as many house activities as possible to get the forms, you know, while the kids are still having to be in form bubbles, anything that they can do together, um, you know, even silly things, you know, like um, carrying water from one container to another as quickly as you can, you know, anything that we can do to get the kids feeling like. I think that's, I think connection, I think, I think you're exactly right. You know, getting, getting people back connecting as quickly as possible is probably this big term of well-being you know what is you know what is well-being but actually just connecting and getting kids to do that is actually going to help that yeah. that overall well-being I think so um so yeah I completely agree that's really important I think the connection uh, of getting kids back talking to each other doing stuff together playing games that type of stuff so have you got any individual plans of how you're going to do that I mean obviously you've got to get the, the, the catch-up funding and getting them back up to academic level how are you going to balance that pressure with well-being and welfare and that type of thing that's that's actually that's a really good question um i think it's about promoting the benefits and linking that to you know in terms of students feeling behind and and the catch-up support it's it's running it at a time where it's not going to take them away from their lesson so yeah it could be a lunchtime it, it could be an after school session but then I think it's important about how you communicate that message on the purpose of that catch-up you know part of I think and I think that's linked closely to well-being and mental health because it does create feelings of anxiety and uncertainty so I think we need to promote this reassurance of by doing this um, catch-up it's going to help you feel more confident with your learning it's going to mean that you can um, progress even more quickly to the next stage. And it's, you know. Yeah, because there's a, definitely a balance, isn't there, between yeah. how somebody's feeling, well-being and mental health, and their academic work. So if they're mm. feeling really stressed because they're behind, then their well-being is yeah. going to suffer. So, yeah, I completely agree. I think there's got to be a trade-off, hasn't there? And I think every child, this is where the real challenge of for you guys as teachers is, finding that balance isn't it finding that exactly. that sweet spot of what's what level of academic and I don't know whether I agree or disagree with the um you know uh, terms going into later and longer school hours the only thing I feel for that is from my position what where we see and the teachers we speak to is teachers don't necessarily have that capacity so I think that's yeah. maybe the, maybe the kids will but do as teacher does do they have the they've been working flat out the whole of this time then they're not going to, I don't think it's fair that they should be working um, into the summer holidays. But anyway, that's my opinion. I won't, I won't. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, that's really been really good talking to you. Um, thanks for, for your sort of few hints and tips there. Uh, sounds like your school's on top of it. And um, yeah, it'd be good to catch up with you soon, maybe a few months into term and just seeing how you guys are getting on. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Speak to you soon. Okay. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye. If you are looking to improve well-being and personal development at your school, then trial our UHQ platform for free. It's built with teachers and schools in mind. It can help improve student and teacher well-being and personal development. It can measure impact. It can manage new and existing PSHE resources. It offers 24-7 remote learning. 
It has access to innovative wellbeing teaching resources created by health professionals and it allows you to monitor the mood of your teachers and students with our mood indicator tool and surveys. For more information, visit www.lifeontime.co.uk. You have been listening to the Become Inspired podcast by Life on Time. For more information, please visit our website at lifeontime.co.uk.